I changed a lot of things in my life and I decided to stay in one place. So I don't live in Dubai, but that's that's the hub, that's the place where my company is registered and that's where we deliver the live trainings. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. I'm actually very delighted today because I have a guest that um, I have been trying to get him for a while. I've been wanting to speak to him for a while because, you know, people say that nobody can change your life. You can only change it yourself. But I think he has changed my life or he has definitely a lot to do with who I am today. Because he, because of him, I traveled to Dubai. Because of him, I did so many things. And if you think now that, uh, you know, he's some kind of lover or some kind of boyfriend, he's not. He's a gorgeous family man. I know his wife and I know his kids. And he is just an amazing person. Welcome to Most Memorable Journeys, Robert Simic. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> say more. You have to say something else after this introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I often say, you know, whenever people introduce me and they give me some big glorifying words, I go like, hey, you, you know, don't believe everything they say about me, you know, <laughs> knowing full well that the picture in mind is always a positive one. So I definitely have very, very fond memories it's going to be eight years in October since I did the Master Coach training. Eight years. Eight years. It was in 2015. Wow. Whenever I see you on Zoom or sometimes you go live and you have a new group, I come in there for a minute and I just it brings me back to doesn't matter where the room is, but it brings me back to this to this moment. And it's just beautiful. I still believe that our master coach training was the best ever. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just can't believe it's it's been that long. For me, it's like it is, it is. Many things have happened since many, many good things. And um, so anyway, let's talk about you. This is about you. This is not about me. You are <laughs> the founder of the coaching institute, uh, Robert Simic, but you did, weren't born as a coach. You were born in a politically challenged country and you left because of that. You were quite young when you left Serbia. How old were you and where did you go? I'm not sure how old was. Uh, it was. It was somewhere in the 90s after the war and everything that happened back home, uh, like you said, politically, you know, challenged country. So, so after the bombing and all that kind of things, I've seen my country kind of sent like 300 years backwards. That's at least, you know, from my perception at the time, uh, I wasn't starving or being hungry or on the streets. Exactly. You know, I was on my own and taking care of myself, but I kind of did well, if you know what I mean, in whatever environment you put me in. But seeing people waiting in a queue for milk, for bread, for rice, you know, queues like that, no petrol, you couldn't couldn't drive because, you know, so I figured my country was sent so backwards and, and it was so, I think, hard to watch really, you know, all that was going around me. And I knew, I had some idea that the environment plays a big role in terms of our thinking and, you know, our quality of life. So I think something burst inside of me and I decided to leave. I tried to go to States, <laughs> silly of me back then, you know, you had passport with no stamps of any kind, <laughs> you know, asking for visa to go to States with my age just after war, you know, I don't know why would I even think I'll get a visa. Anyway, obviously I didn't get visa and I was, I was left uh, with no plan because I was so going to go. I was done, <laughs> sold my everything, which wasn't much, but you know, I had maybe 5,000 Deutschmarks back then? I don't know what's that equivalent today, but... We still just, had Deutschmark uh, at the time. Yeah. Back then, I think, yeah. yeah. And 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 the idea is that it was just like, I don't know, let's say like 3,000 euros now, maybe. 
that's all I had in my name. And and then I decided to go to Greece because Greece, you know, they would give us visa to go as tourists. So that journey was just so unpredictable. And and I, I would go anywhere where, where I could create a new life, I guess. You know, back then I was totally believing that grass is greener elsewhere. You know, it took me, I think, a lifetime to realize that the grass is not greener elsewhere. <laughs> it's greener where you water it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Go figure. So so I don't know how much detail of this do you want, but but that's been a journey of, of a lifetime because I had no idea about beliefs or model of the world. And, you know, all of these things that we are on about today, uh, I just had no clue. I was just following my stomach, we say. <laughs> you know, I was a hungry kid who wanted a better life and 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 I went abroad. I didn't even speak English back then. So in Greece, I couldn't find a job of any kind really, other than maybe washing dishes in a restaurant, which I don't know, for some reason I didn't want to do. So I found a job in a, in a rent-a-car office and I was just washing cars all day long for, for my boss without speaking English. And, and that was my beginning of this uh, life abroad, if you know what I mean. Amazing. But do you... When you look back now, of course, you, as you say, that's when you thought that the grass is greener somewhere else. When you look back now, when did you start realizing that the grass is greener where you water it? How did that happen? Because I know that you were in Greece. I don't know when you met uh, your lovely wife, when you met Biliana, because you went to South Africa together. That was later, wasn't it? And actually, I spent about two years of life like that, you know, in Greece and things. But then I went to South Africa. Um, just to backtrack for a bit, I met my wife when we were 18, when she, when she was 18 years old. And it was her birthday party and, and I met her. And that's where that big love started. But when I went abroad, I went without her. You see, I was a little bit stupid back then. <laughs> I had this idea that uh, it's it's my job to take care of her, you know. So, so when it was, when I had to go, I decided to leave this place. I just couldn't contemplate for a moment taking her with me and taking her away basically from her parents. Because for me, she kind of grew up in this world under a, a glass of some sort, very protected from outside world. So asking her to abandon all this and somehow go with me into the totally unknown world, because I had no clue what I'll eat a week later, you know? So, so I, I was, I did a stupid, but seemingly brave thing back then. <laughs> I actually left her because I couldn't do this to her, <laughs> you know? So, 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 so there was a lot of, there was a lot of tears and, and disappointments back then. So I, I was on my own for, for a bit and, and, uh, I spent a year, I think in, 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 uh, in Greece, then winter came, there was no job in Greece. So I went to Germany. Night shift, assembling some parts. I remember you, you speak German, right? Left of course, it's my mother tongue. <laughs> there were there were there's this. I don't even know two uh, two parts. It wasn't a car part, maybe a truck or something. You take links and rechts and you put it together. That's <laughs> And oh, I was wow. doing that mind-numbing job whole night. It was night shift, the only job I could find. And and then I ended up back in Greece uh, for another summer. And that's where I met some people in, in from South Africa. They told me that South Africa is this paradise it's 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 you know they described it like a total paradise on earth and i figured you know if not now when so i actually gave all my savings for these two years of work to greece government to greek government and and uh, to to get legal you know to to get the residency and those things 
And as soon as I got those documents, <laughs> I left. And, and I'm not supposed to. If you leave, I think in the next two years, you, you lose, lose it. it. So, yeah. so I literally went, <laughs> I guess that's called bankroll too. <laughs> okay. I, I literally I literally abandoned all that and started completely brand new in South Africa. Again, manual labor and, you know, those things. Uh, but that was without my wife, you know, without my girlfriend back then, right? Much later, living some sort of a, not comfortable life, but somewhat certain life. I wasn't no longer on the street and I had a decent job and and I secured my space in that company. I started speaking English at some point in time, I guess. And and uh, I got an email from her and it said something, like a one-liner. And mind you, emails weren't big back then, <laughs> you know? So getting an email from someone was like, huh, what is this? And it says, uh, does your heart still beat for mine? Oh. Like mine beats for yours. And a little like a rose, like emoji nowadays, you know? Yeah. Back then, I didn't know how to, that we could do emojis, but I remember there was like a little, little flower there or heart. And, 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 and that knocked me off my feet. And, and I, I literally had to burn everything I had so far built in South Africa to bring her over and to start a new life with her. So, so that's, sorry, that's that story. Um, grass greener, I think that came way, 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 way later. And it's not even one of those fancy statements like, you know, grass is greener where you water it. It really happened for me viscerally because at some point in time, I lost attachment. I lost this idea of, of home. In other words, most of my living abroad was always about me, the foreigner, you know, home is home, you know, where my roots are coming from. And, and, and you have nostalgia and those things, you know, because one day I'll come home, you know. And somewhere along the line of my own personal development, I, I disconnected from that. And, and today I can, I can tell you very happily that wherever, I mean, you, you met me in Dubai, you could meet me in South Africa, you could meet me in States, you could meet me anywhere in this world. And I no longer feel as a foreigner, I actually feel home. And, and somehow that's linked in my head with this grass is not greener elsewhere. It's greener where you water it. So I realized that I'm a child of this world and wherever I am, I'm, I'm at home. And my life turns out to be exactly as much as I water it, <laughs> you know, how much I put into it. So, so, so that's, that's how that's all linked in my head somehow. Yes. I know you. I know how you function. I've watched you when you start a course. We're jumping here. We're we're, we're leaving sure, sure. Uh, South Africa or wherever you are. But I know when people walk into your room, I watch you and I, I kind of, I don't want to say that I know what you think, but you you know that these people come in with a certain idea and you know that they will leave with a completely different mindset. And you know that somehow, and I don't mean that in any bad way, and you don't mean it in any bad way, but you have a way of telling, of, of helping people finding home, if I want to say it like that, that home mm. that you're talking about. Within themselves. Yes. <laughs> I think that is, because that is something that I have learned from, I have learned so much from you. You have no idea how much I've, and, and you know, many people probably tell you that or I also think that many people don't tell you that because, but when you, when you speak to people later on, or sometimes I speak to people who who did the course with me, your course, and we talk about you and you had a, you have a huge effect on people. Well, I'm familiar with that. Obviously I, I've been doing this for the last two decades about now. And, and I've seen so many, we call them personal transformations. 
that that it never gets old though you know i, I keep exactly. hearing these things what and grows, i keep what goes through your head when the people walk into the room well you know it's kind of i don't think i'll do it justice if i just tell you where i'm at today because it's been a journey in other words in the past i would i would actually be so invested in their transformation there there were times when i think i wanted that transformation for them more than they wanted it for themselves mm-hmm. and that was a that was a lesson on its own for me to learn as a as a coach, as a trainer, because because that's not good grounding. <laughs> that's not good grounds for a, for a session like that. Uh, you know, anytime we are invested in that outcome more than the clients are, we become part of the problem, or or the whole session becomes our own agenda. You know, our success rate, or you know, it becomes about us in a way. Uh, not that that's the plan or that it's conscious, but one can look at it that way. So I learned that lesson, and 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 nowadays I'm really so. How do I say this? I show up in that room and I don't know if you'll believe me, <laughs> but I actually don't care if they change. And, and I know this sounds weird, but, but I really, no, I know what you mean. Place. It doesn't, it, you, you do care, but you don't they, care the same way anymore. They, they don't have a chance to stay the same exactly. because they'll be exposed to a certain knowledge, to certain information, and they'll have an opportunity to go through certain rather deeply transformative processes that's, you know, all backed up by science, but yet again, I see it all very, 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 very deeply spiritual. So, so, so what are the odds for somebody to not be affected? Mind you, people come to me with, with just thirsty for knowledge or looking for tools to help others because they don't need to do any work. They're perfect already. Right. And, and that's great. And then you see those very same people who kind of started the journey that way, them having deeply transformative experiences, even though they didn't even participate in a specific exercise for themselves. But being in that environment with us and witnessing all these other people's transformations around them affects them, you know? It can't not to. In fact, it's the same for me. I think a lot of my own transformations came from this work while I was coaching someone rather than me being the client because we yeah. take all of this stuff personally and, and we're always affected. So maybe maybe I got so used to those results and realizing that those massive shifts will happen, they're bound to happen. So I no longer care. <laughs> you know, I show up. I do my best, you know, I... I... And it happens because mm. that was me. The person that, that, what you were talking about now is, is uh, you know, people who just come for tools because I just came for tools. Oh, I, okay. I felt like I had a lot of people's experience because of my tour guiding and, you know, because I was, because of bringing up kids and all these things. And I thought, oh yeah, you know, I, oh, I need tools. I want to be a coach. I need tools. And oh boy. I got a lot more than tools. It really, really is so much more. It's so different and it goes very, very deep. And as you say, watching other people as well, because when you hear people's story, you find yourself in every single person's story somehow. You are part of these people's story because there is something in what they say that affects you as well. And I think this is what helps you grow. So why Dubai? That's another thing that I wanted to know you because you you did your courses for a while in, in South Africa. And the reason why I met you is because you did one course in Cyprus. Oh, did you meet me then? I met you here. One. Yes. And I convinced you that I only had four days. The course was eight days. And I, I convinced you very, because I have also have a strong mind, not just you. And I convinced you that you would allow me to do the four days only, provided that I would come to Dubai and do the other four days. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of remember this vaguely now. This was this uh, hotel, I think. And in the, we met in the lobby or, you know, like a little meet. Yes. 
And that's the, that the conversation happened. Wow, eight years ago. Okay. So, well, that so, was nine. That was even no, actually nine. Years. That would be yeah. nine. The first bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's great. That's just crazy. Okay. Cyprus is because you're connected to Cyprus. You came here because you're connected to Paphos and you did this one time course. But at the time, you were still doing your courses in South, in South Africa. How did you, what made you change to go and do all that stuff in Dubai? Well, Again, this is this is maybe unexpected. People expect somebody like me to be very focus driven and goal setting and those things, and I kind of surpassed all that. At least you know that's how it feels for me. So, so I'll tell you the truth. I was in a plane. I don't remember where I was flying, but I was flying from somewhere. Let's say from South Africa, like a long trip to somewhere. I don't know where. And it was Emirates flight. As as if I can help it, I fly with them. There was this Serbian chick on the, on, you know, crew on the on the plane, and I think they read their names. You know, they can see who's flying. You know, so she saw a Serbian name most probably. So she approached me, and you know, little chit chat. What do you do? I kind of passionately explain what it is that my life is all about. And she was like, "Oh my God!" But we need this so much. Uh, you, you know, the whole Emirates could do this. You know, like like a corporate. People in Dubai need like, like, listen, wherever I go, people are like, oh, my country needs you. <laughs> you know, if they get any glimpse of what it is that we actually can do for people, we need you, you know? So I also became blunt on all those invitations. You gotta must come to here. I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> there's only one guy here, you know? <laughs> so, so I always politely, you know, welcome those invitations, but I never really do anything about them because, it, you know, it doesn't happen. But this was different. This just felt like, hmm, Dubai. Okay, I never followed that. Never been in Dubai. I was always just uh, like a transit flight, connection flight. I literally came home. I think in Cyprus at the time. You know, we have a, we have a property in Paphos, and 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 I sat down. I scheduled some dates. I literally within like one weekend, I set it all up. Spoke to some hotels from Cyprus, in Dubai. Scheduled my first training. And it was overwhelming response. I must tell you, I had only six people <laughs> in the training room. <laughs> and I picked the wrong side of the town too. I managed to do that. Uh, you know, I had nobody on the grounds there. I, I didn't know anybody in Dubai. Uh, but I made it happen. And I booked a hotel in the in the downtown Dubai, thinking like downtown New York, you know. <laughs> the word and downtown it was the, it was the Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a bad decision. It was like a really crappy area, which is why most people never came to my course, meaning only six of them showed up. Confused, why would we do it here, you know? But I'm like, downtown? <laughs> but anyway, I fixed that mistake rather quickly. The next training was done at the proper side of Dubai. And, and, and I stayed. Dubai really welcomed me with open hands. Uh, uncontrary to popular belief, I would imagine, uh, people in Dubai are very open-minded, locals in, as well as, as the expatriates, that, that Dubai has been really, really, really kind to me in terms of the welcome, in terms of the people, the energy, and I just stayed. I just stayed. So Dubai is at the moment the only place where you, where you see me live, where before yeah. we were doing Switzerland, Ireland, South Africa, you know, different countries where after a while I realized what I was doing wasn't sustainable. <laughs> you know, three countries in a in a sequence, one training after another, like th one training is a marathon, never mind three of them like that. So I changed a lot of things in my life and I decided to stay in one place. So I don't live in Dubai, but that's that's the hub, that's the place where my company is registered and that's where we deliver the live trainings. 
Yeah, and I think uh, in the meantime, when you go to Dubai, for many, you know so many people there and you have helped so many people or changed whatever you want to call it or supported so many people that you have a huge fan club in Dubai. And another thing about Dubai, of course, it's it's a melting pot and it's in this, it's really in a, it's people, I, I remember in my basic training, there was some, there were people from India, there were people from Jordan, there's, it's it's a good it's a good hub as well. It's a hub. It's a hub. Yeah. And mind you, you said you have, you have huge following or fans. I promise you, it's 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 family. I, I'm I'm telling you, I know way more people in Dubai than in Serbia. I live now in Serbia because I wanted my kids to get the language right, you know, because they learn English no matter where we go. But to learn Serbian, to have this accent from this city, whatever, to to have experience of grandparents while they're still around, you know. Things I guess parents want for their kids, right? I never had much experience with grandparents, so I wanted them to to experience uh, grandparents who are actually still alive and, and they can see them. So we moved here, but nothing's really holding me here, as in as in other than my kids and their friends and their identities now, you know, around their schools and friends. Nothing's holding me here. I could just as well be in Dubai, for example. Well, you never know where life will take you. We'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> oh, you have plans for me? <laughs> I have plans for you. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> but another thing that I want to talk about is you mentioned that you had this training and six people turned up. And um, I have learned in my experience, sometimes we give up too quickly. You stayed. You did the training for the six people. Oh, and yeah. the next time you went, there were more people. Do you think, do you agree with me or do you do you also believe that People give up too quickly, often. Consistency is important. Far too often. Far too often. You know, there's image in my head that, in fact, like, you know, there's this like a mountain and there's a guy mining his way through the mountain looking for gold, you know, and there's like another meter after that, there's a bunch of gold or something. And then he gives up, you know, like, mm-hmm. like he, that, that, that picture did something for me ages ago. So, so I learned that, you know, you can't just let small, obstacles coming your way. It's like, ah, oh, you know, it's too tough. Give up. Uh, a lot of the learnings I stand by today is is from the nature itself. So this one's linked to babies now. I don't know one baby who tried to walk and then gave up because, you know, he tried, he fell down. Said, oh, this is too hard. You know, <laughs> babies don't do that. You know, yeah. they keep trying until they actually succeed. So I had that line, I think, throughout my childhood. So, so you know, that's something from my upbringing, I guess, to, to thank to my parents. I wouldn't be an easy one to to quit, you know, to give up on something. If I really wanted something, I would keep trying. You know, I think, you know, I, I just give credit to parents, but I think a big part of that actually comes from martial arts. I had, I had a huge part of my childhood was martial arts. And I think that stuff teaches you a lot about healthy attitudes and, and mindsets. So, so that's that. And discipline. And discipline, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. So you mentioned now that, you know, small kids don't give up. They walk and then they um, don't say, I can't do that. They continue. And so many other things happen in those first years of our lives, which are very, very important. I think it's also it's important to point this out to people who are listening to this podcast, people who have, you know, who sometimes have limiting beliefs as we know them or who have values that they may not even know about. And um, I have learned from you that we can change everything. Yeah, that's something that everyone needs to hear. (laughs) 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 It's, you know, the the level of um, expertise, or should I say, 
skill set that we have nowadays access to, you know, from from scientific perspective, is so unbelievable that actually, you know, if we tell people what we can do today, the the first response usually is that that's too good to be true. You know, they actually discredit you before they hear you out, thinking it's just too good to be true. And 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 I find that to, to be a huge lesson as well on its own. You know, like what if it was true though? What if one could change a limiting belief? And and problem is that people judge by default from their memories, from their past. And if they tried something, I don't know, three times or a million times, and and they they never made it work because they tried, I don't know, three different techniques and it didn't work. They did affirmations, for example, and you know, pushing all this conscious effort onto making the change within themselves. And if it didn't work, eventually they give up. Eventually they go, you know, this is not working. Or it's too hard. It's too much hard work. It just doesn't work. And they could be just as well, you know, one technique away from finding a tool that actually works for them that could help them change the quality of their life. So when we say, hey, you can change any belief from literally from being shy to being confident or or anything whatsoever. If it's a belief, we can totally change it. It takes a couple of minutes. And I mean like two or three minutes long process that thoroughly changes any limiting belief whatsoever. I don't care how old it is, how big it is. If it bothers you, we can change it. And, and that's something I can happily demonstrating my, you know, for the rest of my life. While people go, hey, it's too good to be true. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. And you know, me jokingly always say, I like when people call me unbelievable. <laughs> yes, and you show them how you show them how it's done. We're not going to do that on this podcast today, but um, there's another way that I want to go because when I contacted you or when we were talking last week, you I want to talk a little bit about travel now. I'm, I'm all over the place, like always, a little bit of ADHD is uh, available as well. You traveled around your area. You were in Montenegro last week. Just now, yeah, I came back. And uh, I also know that you like to go to Greece in the summer. Because yep. it's this famous question, where is your favorite place to go on holidays? Favorite of all time or do I go, where do I go most often or, or how, how do you want me to frame it? Because I do have a few. Where do you? Some if criteria. You could, if you could choose, or no, let's, let's put it different. Where, where, if you can spontaneously say, I want to, you could go somewhere tonight. Where would you go? At the moment, because I just came from uh, Montenegro. Um, I, we've been into this uh, one and only Porto Novi, beautiful new, well, the only one and only in Europe, apparently. I didn't know that. Uh, and that uh, kind of sparked a memory. I took my wife or I went with my wife for our uh, anniversary, wedding anniversary some years ago, 2016, I think, or 17, something like that. We went to one and only in Maldives. Mm. And, and that place is just magical. It's uh, Rethi Rach. I don't know how to pronounce that properly. Yeah, yes. Okay. I worked in the Maldives many years ago. Okay, you see. So so this is like, it's a whole island. It's one resort, really. Yeah. And and we had the most magical stay there. And, and it's just impeccable from, from everything to, to, you know. So so it's been a while since I've been one and only. And we did it now, and I got reminded of how nice one and only truly is. <laughs> so if you ask me where do you want to go next, I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll go back to Maldives. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to one uh, and only. <laughs> when you travel, do you have a favorite uh, place to go to, or do you just whatever comes up or whatever comes next? Or is like Greece is standard in the summer, I think. Greece is for us close. It's close mm-hmm. by. Uh, and I guess I'm, I'm I'm catching up on all those things I missed in South Africa in a way. Because when you live in South Africa, it's kind of far from everything. Yeah. You know, trip to Rome, it's like 
we know we're going to plan this, <laughs> you yeah. know, where, where, you know, I don't know, 14 hours flights and whatnot, where, where now it's like one hour away. I can do that for any weekend I want kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know? So mm-hmm. things changed a bit and we, we've been doing this catch up of all the things we want to do. One of them is those road trips. I just haven't had enough of that, I think. So now that we are here in Belgrade, road trip to Greece, I'm like, well, I can do it this afternoon. You know, like, like I, I love driving, put my kids in the car, we're all together. You know, there's nowhere for them to escape. <laughs> so, so we play games, we do things, and you know, it's it's a lot of bonding and things that I don't know for how long we'll keep maintaining because you know they're growing older. I know, I know. Yeah. I, I've seen your boy getting older, and uh, at some point okay. you're gonna want to do something else, but enjoy it as long as it as as you can. That's, that's the plan. So, yeah. so, so going to Greece is very convenient for us, and it's also a little bit to do with our our own childhood, if you know what I mean, because our parents would take us to Greece. I think when we were kids. No hotels and resorts, though, but still, you know, it's Greece. So, Where did so you this, stay when you went to Greece with your parents? I wouldn't remember the, the areas or name, but it was usually some sort of camping, you know, okay. never a hotel kind of thing. We were poor, you know. <laughs> so, so, so this is a, this is a different story nowadays. And, and what I enjoyed the last couple of years that you like, you noticed we consistently, at least for a bit, I mean, for a month, <laughs> we spend in Greece summertime. Because you don't want to be in Dubai, that's for sure. Summertime, oh, no. <laughs> right? So, so, so we found this very unusual place. You wouldn't expect to see me there, kind of thing. Which is kind of the point. Uh, there's this little little town called Sarti, or in Halkidiki. Okay. It's in, on the second uh, finger, I think you call it, and and this place is facing the 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 Mount Athos. Ah, yes, okay? I know where you are. Yeah, yeah. So we are like on that side. And and this this I'm not in Sarti, mind you. Sarti is overcrowded. I wouldn't go there for the life of me. Okay, it's it's overcrowded. It's not a place you you normally find me. But just outside of Sarti, there's this little boutique hotel, where where this one family run hotel. This guy just kept building on little uh, bungalows and things. It's very nice. And and we stay there, and we you know we have our own little beach, our own. I mean our his right. <laughs> he has his little. Uh, uh, beach restaurant, and and it became home. It was so welcoming that you know it's it's also when you go to the beach and staff knows you, they take care of your variety needs and serve things that they don't even normally do or have. You know, it's just they know my kids, they know their names. You know, like it's 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 really it, it became home in a way. So for I don't know four or five years or so, we've been going consistently to to this place at least for three three weeks or so. But it's such an anchor for me because I can sit on that beach and forget everything. I would just look across the sea. I'm seeing this big top of the mountain Atlas. You know, it's like a famous uh, holy mountain, they call it, yeah. right? And the clouds that sometimes gather just above the, the the mountain peak, we keep teasing like, hey, the, the monks are cooking something, you know, like... like <laughs> probably are. <laughs> for me, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a beautiful anchor, you know, we call it because I can just sit there and, and just be with, with no needs, no entertainment needed, you know, it's a very kind of secluded place. So so that's what did it for us. We've been once, we've been twice, and then it's like, we're not, surely we're not going to go again, right? But then we didn't book anything else, so we end up going to the same place. Yeah. But I think we're done with that. I'm not sure if we'll go back, back. Maybe, maybe after a while. Uh, now variety kicked in. Uh, now our kids are bigger. You know, my son is like, "Hey, let's go to Mykonos this year." I'm like, "Oh my god, I don't want to take him to Mykonos." You've been there before. <laughs> I, I I lived there for two years, <laughs> you know, and I've seen things that I don't know if my kids should be watching, looking at now. I don't know. Um, Mykonos is a very, very party, wild place with. 
easily all sorts of display of uh, sexuality right there. And mind you, I don't mind any sexual preferences. I'm just saying that if I have a 10-year-old and a 15-year-old kid, they don't need to be thrown, I think, in a party like that. No. Uh, I think they but have enough. Eventually, they're going to be exposed to it. So, for um, sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a good idea for, for us to be around. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever but, knows. Whoever, yeah, I mean, bringing up children is another journey. That is another oh, story. story <laughs> yes. And uh, I think one of your good sides is that I, you, you, you can help your kids. You can have a good influence and, and a good... Uh, value changing and belief uh, releasing uh, method on your children as well for sure look mind you the question is though my tools and techniques work on, on any human being regardless of their age as long as they're conscious enough and can speak the same language i guess and, and willing to make a change this works for sure so that's not an issue this is a question for, for parents i don't know do you know those parents who tell you i don't want to influence my kids Yes. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to influence them. I want to let them let them learn their lessons. You know, they're trying to be these conscious parents who are saying, I don't want to influence my kids. And I think a lot of them are misunderstanding the concept of influence because in my world, an absence of a parent is influencing those kids. Oh, yes. So you can't not influence them, basically. So if I, if I, if, if my doing or not doing, if my presence or absence is influencing them, Meaning if I'm going to influence them anyway, then let me at least influence them in, in ways that I think would be most appropriate for them. And mind you, in a good way. I, I say this even though I'm really far, far from a hands-on parent. Uh, I didn't, I, I think people would expect me to brainwash them with all this stuff <laughs> where, where I actually let them be children for as long as they, they can stay children, you know? And and I'm not trying to to impose any of this on them. I'm literally living my life in, a, in accordance with my values, my core, my understandings, my heart. So, so I learned this, I think, as a, as a, as a student of life, never mind kid or a parent. Uh, I figured that so many of us at some point in time, we adored our parents, right? We wanted to be like them. Then these teenage days come in and then hormones and everything else kicks in. Suddenly parents are strangers, aliens. I was adopted, <laughs> you know, story <laughs> I don't comes belong in. here. <laughs> oh no, I'll never be like you. They'll tell me, you know, like you'll understand when you have kids one day, like, I never want to be like you. You know, <laughs> I think we all been through that on some level with our parents. And then fast forward a decade or so and you wake up and you realize you became them, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, so, so parents who, I don't know, let's say smoke and tell their kids don't smoke. It's bad for you. Or I don't know, drink Coke and and tell kids don't do it it's bad for mm -hmm. you those kids will probably end up doing those things and modeling those things unconsciously right so so i figured that i can try with a lot of work and a lot of effort and, and energy invested and and try to insist on my kids learning certain attitudes and beliefs and you know i guess creating copies of me right sounds like a good idea <laughs> Of course. <laughs> <laughs> because I keep hearing people, the, the world needs more of me. I don't know. But but, <laughs> but mind you, I, I figured that all that would not necessarily be aligned with, with my true values and core because I want them to find their own passions in life, you know? So, so, so for me, in terms of what I want them to learn, I want them to learn what emotions are. I want them to have an idea, a little bit of expanded awareness of 
how emotions work in our body, how's that, you know, this whole mind-body story. If I can sell them that topic, if they can understand the process of creation of emotions in our bodies, what their purpose is, what, you know, my favorite topics, right? Mm-hmm. If I can just teach them that and maybe teach them to be good, you know, like decent people, you know, like like valuable in this world, in this society, you know, in terms of contribution or just, just, just decent, whatever that is, good people. The rest is up to them, really. You know, I, I don't want to create copies of me. I'm, I'm actually quite blissfully happy in them learning to follow their passion, their heart, which is not easy for us parents, mind you, if they want to just follow their passions, right? <laughs> <laughs> but Eddie, you told me it's, it was exciting, so I had to do it. I'm like, oh my God, yeah, <laughs> you know? But, but but that's that's the core of my what I stand for. Uh, I, I wish everybody could just follow their hearts and, and live out their passions. I think everybody would have such a more meaningful, deeper experience of life they would be more useful in this world for others too. But most people are bought in, you know, into all sorts of limiting beliefs and things. And, you know, I can't do my hobby because I can't make money with it and all that kind of stuff. Where the world is quite a, quite a different experience, rather magical when our hearts and our minds get aligned and, and we have an idea what it is that we do, what we stand for in this world. And then life just becomes easier. It becomes richer, really. I feel, like, I, I feel like I'm in that room now. I yeah. think that voice that just <laughs> <laughs> was a <the> moment. <laughs> so what do you think is going to happen once your kids are growing up? Will you stay where you are? Will you go somewhere else? Is there a dream in Robert Simic's head? Mind you, this is not official, but I do have some feelings. I might just as well move to Dubai, but it's it's just a rumor in my own head, if that makes any sense. I know that my wife would object slightly because, you know, she's a woman and I have some, uh, what do we call it, uh, generalizations around most, I would imagine almost all women in the world. In a way, they like to build their nest and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, all sorts of certainty kicks in there and they would rather stay there. At least that was my experience with, with her a few times when we moved. So I don't think she would look uh, lightly towards any real move. But if I if I made it a compelling case, I think she would she would easily go with me. Uh, Mia, she's 10. She will totally go with us. Matea, my boy, he's 15 now, turning 16 soon. I think there'll be massive resistance. You know, his whole identity has nothing to do with us. You know, it's it's with his friends and his social circle. So so I think there would be, I think he would beg to stay kind of thing. Mind you, I shouldn't say this publicly probably, but my son already lives on his own. I bought a place recently next to us, very close to us, for Billy's mom, for my mother-in-law. If it's a heavy winter, instead of, you know, staying where they are outside of the city, I want them to come into the city and have a nice warm place, you know? <laughs> and and uh, we really made it beautiful, very, very, very nice. Billy has, you know, design taste and stuff. So it's a beautiful place. And, and then this little schmuck, you know, he found his way into this place because they don't live there, right? So, so it was one night to check this bed out because his bed makes his back hurt. You know, all sorts of weird reasons for a few days. And there's, okay, stay over, you know, sleep there. And then uh, Granny told him, dude, you can sleep there anytime you want. You know, that kind of thing. So slowly, slowly. Last He's few moving months, in there. Oh no, he moved. He moved. I didn't realize <laughs> it happened so quickly. He moved. He, he lives there for a few months now. Mind you, we are next door really. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But my son... 15 years old, he actually lives on his own. He has some supervision, mind you. I don't want this to sound very responsible here, but but he has way more liberty or you know than, than I ever had, I think, as as a kid. 
and and I th- I hope it serves him well. I hope that he builds his character and. Yeah. Well, that's. I think that is amazing. That is very very to give him this freedom at the same time being there. Because one thing that I always say about my kids are older, but I think you have to let them go. You have to allow them to try, but you have to be there when they fall. You have to catch them when they fall. I think that's all you can do. You have to watch. This is the tricky part, being a parent and knowing what I know, because, <laughs> you know, I would want you, if you're my client, I want you to get this idea to to love what you do, to do what you love, you know, to follow your excitement, to to not even be attached to the uh, specific outcome, but just follow your heart and, and you know, listen to your emotions as, as a guiding mechanism that's built in, really. And and you also want them to not live in the past, right? You don't yeah. want them to live in the future either. You want them to actually be present, yeah, you know, and be there. And and then it's just it's just so funny, okay? When he does some stuff, and I go, you know, and, and I want him to learn the lesson. So that's not cool, right? See what happens when you do this. So we gotta get involved. No, 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 give me another chance. I'll do it properly this time. I learned my lesson. So you do this few times, and then then he does it again, and I go, dude, we, we gotta get involved. You know, this is not on. And and what do you do when he comes back to you and says something like, "But Dad, you always taught me to 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 live in the present, right?" I'm like, "Yes." You know, I obviously melt when he says stuff like that, right? He says, "Well, why are you guys didn't always on about past? Why do you keep bringing the past? I made mistakes <laughs> in the past. I got it, right? So 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 let's focus on 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 the positive." <laughs> Well, he is and his so father's hard. he's his father's son, I guess. <laughs> no, mind you, but manipulating, right? <laughs> he he tells me all the things I would want him to say and believe and, and walk walk by. Uh but but you know, <laughs> you're still supposed to now just delete everything that all the past mistakes and let him do it again on his own without being involved, you know, that kind of stuff. So oh, it's, yeah. it's, I guess it's not easy for parents, but here, here's another problem. Since this is we're talking a lot about parenting, we are all raised in a certain way. So, so if we pick up, we model our parents, we become them later on. We just said, right? Part of that issue is that I'm probably very competent in raising a child in poverty because all the skills were passed down to me while I, during my upbringing, you know, mm-hmm. and there's no question there. Now that, uh, you know, one creates certain level of success or wealth. It's a very different story. And and I don't know. You know, I worked my whole life back then. You know, I was grinding. I, I work hard, not smart. I work hard my yeah. whole life. Yeah. Chasing money my whole life. It was really hard journey. Being bankrupt two or three times. You know, it's been a really, really tough journey for me financially. And, and somewhere in the background is a man, I guess. So I always wanted to create certain wealth so my kids never have to struggle. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have kids when I had those beliefs, you know, but yeah. I would want I would want to be able to buy a plane for my kid if I wanted to, but it's up to me if I want to. You know, that was some silly thinking back then. Now we're having those challenges where, you know, they want all sorts of rather expensive stuff that's not even appropriate, I guess, in my head. I became old somewhere along the lines. <laughs> that that it's not, it's not, it's not, okay for a child that age to spend that kind of money on this item or that item and you know because mind you they didn't earn it right so it's just for granted and all those things i find myself quite not lost anymore but there was a stage for me where where i just had no clue what's actually good i worked my whole i mind you all my clients are are self-made millionaires billionaires that's my private clientele so 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 i learned a lot from them and Mm -hmm. this is their problems too they're all self-made 
and 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 they just don't have this inherited knowledge on how to preserve wealth or any of that. They're just ultra successful right now. His 16-year-old kid wants a Ferrari for a birthday and he's like, I can buy her seven, but like, yeah. should I? You know, those yeah. are different challenges that I guess for our generation is left to discover what the right decisions are. Well, it's not easy. And time is flying. We're getting to the end of this podcast. <laughs> I want to talk about the Robert Simich Insti- Coaching Institute. Well, small um, update for you since you were there eight years ago. Uh, in the meantime, na- name is still the same. It's still Robert Simich Coaching Institute. Yeah. Um, but we kind of shortened things and made it simpler, I think, for people. We call it now RS Method. Okay. Because of the knowledge and things that I combined together and put in a certain way, some of the things that got created were things that doesn't exist anywhere else. So it eventually became the RS method because people kept saying RS magic, RS this, RS that, you know. <laughs> it is so magic. It became, a, it became an RS method. Just, just saying, since you're referring to it. So what? how do people start? What is the first step? What do, what do they do as a first thing? You mean for somebody interested in, in yeah, like they come to a break from does the breakthrough experience two days still exist? Yes, it's a, it's a very simple process from their perspective. One can just taste things and have it check, you know, check it out kind of thing. Mind you, everything that we do live, we also have online now. You know, yeah. things change, so we have a pre-recorded ones. One can study this whole thing online. Any section of this is available online on its own, or one can attend live but online, like a virtual attendance kind of thing while there's a live training in Dubai, or one can come to Dubai and actually attend a live training, which I always suggest that. I prefer to actually meet people heart to heart. <laughs> if it's possible. This is if it's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, obviously there's some limitations for people financially. If you got to pay more to fly to Dubai and hotel in Dubai than the actual course, you know, some sometimes those those numbers don't add up. So, so the idea is that all those options are available. That's that's the point. Uh, one can come for a two days, like a weekend, personal breakthrough experience, it's called. One can come for a whole 10 days workshop, mind you. It's called RS Method Workshop. This is for people who are just looking for self-development for themselves. They show up, they're willing to be the client. I'll work with them myself during the workshop. You know, magic that you've seen happens, happens like that, yeah. but they don't have to want to become a coach. Right, where people who are looking at uh, upgrading their professional coaching skills, people who are already veteran coaches, psychologists, psychiatrists, all kind of people come come to this training for professional purposes. They want to get the latest science, I guess, and, and this skill set. Uh, we have a ten days training for them. It's called RS Method Coach Training, and and that's basically it. So one can well, mind you, one can do small portions like NLP section on its own. Six days, I think, is the training. I'm obviously passionate about it. It's, it's the core of where I came from in terms of what made the biggest difference for me. But the real magic happens, as you know, after that. <laughs> yes. The, the other stuff. We are going to put the link of the website in the show notes so people can have a look. And um, as you can hear me, these people who watch, who have watched me since, basically since I've done all this training, I have changed a lot. It has helped me so much. I can really, really recommend it. I, I still believe that it used to be the Robert Simich Coaching Institute, but the Robert Simich method is probably the best in the world. Look, thank you. And and for what it's worth, I, I love talking to you. I always loved you from beginning. Maybe not from beginning, beginning. I think, like you said, you were very... AD and I was you know, a bit like, of a pain in the neck because I knew everything. Yeah. Okay. So so the moment we got over that and this <laughs> became a hard thing for you, yes. oh, I fell in love with you. So so for me, chit-chatting with you like this, 
I dare saying anytime, maybe maybe it would be more useful for your listeners, I can say viewers, right? Uh, if, if we do another call like this sometime soon, where we actually talk about some of this deeper knowledge that I would love to share, you know. We can do that. Uh, rather I than, want... you know, my life and those things, I also learned some along the lines, people don't care really. They want to know, how can you help me? <laughs> they don't care about how big you are, how awesome you are, how hard, difficult childhood you had. They don't, they no longer care about or how many books you wrote or what, how many PhDs you have. They care, hey, can you, can you help me with my pain? What can I you know? do for you? Yeah. And my, can, yeah. my focus turned long time ago, even through all my marketing in a way, everything I put out there is client centric, meaning, hey, let me help you right now. If I can, yeah. even with this little bit for free. Yeah. And, and people who see value in that and they can afford my stuff, they come for training people who can't, they go, thank you. You know, it was, it was, it was useful. It was meaningful. So I just don't know if this call today was meaningful to your, your listeners. You know, but we but will see. I'm sure we'll great. get some feedback. We're going to share it with all our old coaching training friends and see what they think. I'm sure oh, they love it. They're biased. They love I, it. They will. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen, we're going to end it here. And yes, I mean, if you're available, I would love to go deeper because I love talking to you. It's, it's, uh, as, 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 you know, it's, it's, um, even in a conversation, you can learn so much. And, uh, I enjoyed talking to you i always enjoy talking to you give my love to the family Likewise. come back to cyprus are you ever going to come back to cyprus we still have a house there but i, I know haven't you been do. there in 12 years i think or so yeah so yeah. i mean we, we're, we, we are going to stop recording now let's finish this <laughs> let me let me say one one more thing just just before we, you go uh, yes. i want you to uh I, I would like to give you a little gift it's been a while i don't even know if, if this was on back then uh, I have this uh, weekly masterclass call, just so you know. It's about two hours where I just show up like this, but on the other side, there's a bunch of people and they have questions, they have burning questions, they have from challenges with clients of so their own to their own personal things. Can I can I invite you? Would you would you come and be my guest for like a month just to kind of get you back in the room, if you know what I mean? I would love to... to. Great. So let, let me hook you up with that when, when we finish the call. I love Excellent. You Brilliant. So... Thank you so much for being on Most Memorable. This is a most memorable journey talking to you. Thank you for being on my podcast today. Always a pleasure. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.